It is Friday. And the GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, X page, and Rumble page. Joining me now from Epic Times is uh, Nan Su. Good morning, sir. Hey, morning, Bill. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we approved an arms sale to Taiwan back in August, and China did not like that much, did they? Oh, of course, uh, the uh, Chinese regime is sanctioning uh, five U.S. Uh, uh, companies that related to arms sale to uh, Taiwan's military. Now. Do they do a lot of business in there? Or are they basically freezing up these big companies? Or uh, no, how? they don't. They don't have a lot of business in China. So it's more or less a gesture showing, you know, because Taiwan's election, keep in mind, just two days away from now. So uh, uh, China wants to do this uh, uh, really to show Taiwan's society, you know, uh, you better watch out. You, you know, be careful who you vote for. Uh, choose a candidate that's more friendly to China. Do not choose the pro-independence candidate. And also, it's it's similar. Uh, they want a similar effect with you know everything else they are doing there. In the last whole month, China sent a total 17 balloons uh, to Taiwan. You know, include, uh, including the pick day on the second. Of this month, they have four balloons uh, flying in, in the sky of Taiwan, and then they have uh, daily, you know, uh, military activities, the warships, uh, military airplanes, uh, uh, you know, and and plus, you know, uh, tons of disinformation from TikTok. Uh, TikTok serve as the most effective channel for Chinese government to spread this information in Taiwan's society. Right. Um, is there a candidate for pre the presidency of Taiwan that would actually be a decent president and at the same time that China would regard with in a friendly way? Or is it either, you know, everything we want or we're coming for you? Well, uh, actually, you know, see, Taiwan has a, a blue against green. Okay, that's the two major parties over there. The green right. is the pro-independence and taking strong position against uh, to deter China's threat. And the blue ones, the old KMT party, uh, and it's you know it's more or less uh, pro unification with Taiwan. Actually, Taiwan, uh, the uh, the uh, the former president who was he's a blue party, you know, KMT party. Uh, it's just the last week I received an interview from uh, Ger from a German media saying it's okay to unify with China. So that's you know that's the kind of people China really wants. The one China, the one China. That's what they want. The one China, right? And in the interim, well, they want no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Taiwan's the government of Taiwan's name is called Republic of China. It's right. also China. 
Right. So now it's similar to the you know uh, similar to the situation in Korea. You can say both North Korea and South Korea. Uh, it's a part of Korea, but they don't belong to each other. That's the key. Taiwan doesn't. Taiwan is a Republic of China, which doesn't belong to the People's Republic of China, which is Communist China. Right. So and- one China policy. There's nothing wrong with one China policy because you know you only have one China. You know, uh, but however, they have two different countries. Right. So that's the key. And I mean, the Taiwanese or, or Taiwan, the, the Republic of China, they consider themselves to be the legitimate China, correct? Well, you know, that's fine if they, they think they're Taiwanese or they're, Chi- they're Chinese. Either way, it's fine. The key is there's two governments. They're independent of each other. Right. So, uh, so they don't, you know, Taiwan's government doesn't listen to Chinese government. That's the key issue we, we need to... And, and if China invades Taiwan, I think that's considered an invasion to an independent nation. Well, now, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, just to lay a little context to this. There was a war, and uh, the, the, the people that are the Republic of China, they were fighting the Chinese communists, and they fell back to Taiwan and that's the way it's been. That that's just the way it worked out as far as the, the the way that war was fought and where everybody settled. Well, uh, the re, the Republic of China, meaning uh, the people in Taiwan, right. they lost the civil war, uh, you know, uh, before nineteen forty nine. So they went to Taiwan. But keep in mind, when they went to Taiwan, Taiwan was not part of China. Taiwan at that time legitimately it's a part of it's 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 a sovereignty of Japan. So you know uh, Taiwan has been under the control of U.S. government since 1945 to 1954. So okay. it was you know uh, U.S. took uh, Taiwan back from Japan and gave to you know, uh, Taiwan's government. So it really has nothing to do with the People's Republic of China. That's the key. Gotcha. All right. I, I know I'm, I'm I'm quite clumsy with some of the details of this because I don't understand some of the nuance. Uh, what, what day is, is when is, when is uh, the Taiwanese election? Uh, it's next Monday. Next Monday. So depending on uh how that turns out is there anything that you expect to see happening when when that turns out if it doesn't well, go the way the Xi Jinping wants it to go yeah well Xi Jinping you know they may uh, uh express uh dissatisfaction you know uh but i don't think they can do anything now uh but also but don't. But keep in mind that we are living in the dang, most dangerous time window in history. Uh, depending how fast the Chinese uh, China's economy goes down, you know, uh, if China eco- China's economy really go down really fast, uh, create too much uh, 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 challenge, you know, for the Communist Party to to control the society in China, they may choose to invade. Uh, Taiwan, because once they start the invasion, then they can claim the nation in the war, 
and martial law will take over. So that's for for the for the rule the Communist Party to keep its effective control of China. Would it uh, would it be economically good for them if they were to gain control of uh, would they, would they actually let uh, Taiwan continue to be the semiconductor maker of the planet if 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 they were to take control of that or would they would would they use that as leverage? Uh, no, I I don't think that's the case. So, uh, you know, uh, Taiwan have to obey the U.S. government's rules. The U.S. government say, you know, if you use any uh, U.S. Uh, manufactured uh, uh, parts, then you have to obey the U.S. government's rules. So, you know, once the U.S. government says you cannot sell these semiconductor chips to China, then they cannot, right? Right. So it's it's a very interesting dynamic, and uh, it, it See, almost— See, the semiconductor industry uh, uh, was formed in the past a couple of decades of time. It's a, really a global operation. No, any single nation can do it alone. Right now, so the, now so U.S. government provide and Jeff uh, uh, now U.S. In, uh, 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 high tech industry, Japanese high tech industry, industry, European high tech industry all play a very important part to keep this thing, you know, uh, to you know this semiconductor chips or whatever, you know, uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to uh, manufacturers uh, to, uh, you know, you know uh, keep upgrading, right? So uh, there's no country can do it alone. Now, the, you know, U.S. government say, you know, if you're using the U.S. equipment or certain materials, parts, then you have to, you have to, uh, if we say you cannot sell these things to China, then you, you should not, right? If you, you do it, then they will stop providing these material parts or equipment right. to Taiwan. Okay. So, uh, so that effectively cut off uh, the supply chain of semiconductor chips to China. Outstanding. So, can we get you back next week and uh, do a, an after-action review of this election next week? Will you be available for that? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. very good. Nansu, he is uh, the senior correspondent at Epic Times when it comes to matters concerning, uh, well, as I am focusing on Chinese politics and government deception. Thank you for joining me this morning, sir. When we get back... Um, the blue states, they just can't help themselves. They're going to keep taxing until there's nothing left to tax. And they're going to keep emptying out, too. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The blue states, I swear to God, they, they, they're just, they, they, they have this one template, which is just misery. It's misery. 
They can't not have misery in the blue states. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Um, the latest Census Bureau data on population changes should be one of those things where the lawmakers in the blue states and the cities take notice of that and say, hmm, I wonder what's going on here. It provides further evidence that the soak the rich tax policy is melting them down. California, New York, and Illinois all lost the most population last year. The states have lost nearly a combined 5 million people over the last decade. South Carolina only has 6 million people in it. I mean, they've lost almost our whole state. California and New York could both lose another three congressional seats by the end of the decade, Illinois another two. Now, while we sit back and we're looking at all these things they're doing with the immigrants and everything else, uh, what's really happening now is what they're trying to prevent from happening. Because with these census, uh, whenever they do these counts, they lose they lose uh, influence in, in Congress. Those three states have the highest taxes, by the way. Not just a coincidence, except the Democratic governors think so. This year, seven blue states are pursuing even higher tax rates on the top 1% of earners, despite the evidence that these policies are detrimental to their citizens. And remember this when I say the top 1%. I'm not talking about the bazillionaires. I'm talking about the people that make $250,000 or above. And you probably know one or two people that are like that here. One such state is Washington State. They have deteriorated to a degree that is alarming. They used to be an importer of talent and brain power because of its no-income tax status. But the Democrats got a hold of it, and uh, they control all the levers of power, and they just enshrined a 7% capital gains tax, and the Democratic Washington uh, State Supreme Court ruled it to be constitutional for some strange reason, and that's one of the highest taxes on the sale of assets in this country. Now, understand what a capital gains tax is. That is a particularly nefarious vehicle, if you will. You have earned money and you've paid taxes on that. And you've gone out and maybe you've had, you know, uh, you've done something and you bought this or that and you paid taxes on those things. On some of these things that will appreciate in value, after you pay tax on it, if you sell it again and you no longer have it, you still get taxed on it for anything you might have gained from it. You get taxed on the profit. Uh, in, they also want a 1% annual tax on financial intangible assets like cash and stocks and bonds, anything over $250 million. So on, um, for somebody like Bill Gates, who lives in Washington, uh, that means that all of his cash is sitting there in his stocks and bonds, which are just, they're not moving. You know, they're just sitting there static. They've been paid on. Now they want to tax that another 1%. So each dollar gets hit over and over and over again. And, of course, Jeff, Jeff Bezos just moved to South Florida. In Vermont, they propose raising their top income tax rate to 8%. Ben and Jerry will be the only rich people there soon. Maryland, they're pushing a millionaire tax on $750,000 in income and above, which is not exactly millionaire, a capital tax, and a new corporate tax. Then there's California IA. They are currently the highest taxing state. They just pulled that back from New York. New York, it goes back and forth between those two. Uh, top rate or uh, top income rate is 14.4%. 
They also expanded the state's 1.1% payroll tax to include all income earners. Used to be only applicable only to those making up around $153,000. Now, if you are a kid, (laughs) um, if you're a kid and uh, you're going to get taxed by Gavin too. Now, the eight red states, there's eight red states that are cutting income taxes, Arkansas, Indiana, Kentucky, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Utah, West Virginia. Well, let's go to the phones then. Who we got? Uh, J.R. from Westminster. J.R. from Westminster. Yes, what can I do for you? Bill, I'm tell you, I'm, 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 I'm probably the most conservative black voice you will talk to, so I can go out on a limb and say this. Okay. You're talking about red states, blue states. Yeah. Really, even in 2024, what we're really talking about are free states and modern day slave states. You're absolutely. I right, know people Dale. will people people will, you know, people will cringe at this, but the question is, the Constitution is being shredded. People's liberties and freedoms uh, are literally being snatched from them. Uh, how much choice do people have uh, in the modern day uh, slavery states? You know, yeah, they're able to go out and work and and uh, and make money, but literally, how much freedom do they really have? Well, they can't I, I, own they can't own guns. They can't own. I mean, they're, they're taking your guns. They're taking. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, and, and so, and I know it sounds. Um, well, it's not. It Let me tell you a story real quick. Let me tell you a story real quick. So ahead, I, I, I was interviewing this dude, and uh, he had a friend from New York come visit him in Arizona. We're both 2A advocates. He was doing something. We were, he, the, the guy from New York, he takes him to a gun shop in Arizona, and the guy in New York is looking around going, what do you have to do to be able to buy one of those guns? And the uh, shop owner <laughs> looks, well, you have money, right? <laughs> and he thought he had to have some sort of special permission or something in Arizona to be able to buy a gun in Arizona. And, uh, you know, that's that's largely based on exactly what you're talking about. And that's and I know they keep voting yeah. for it, too. They keep voting for yeah, it. And yeah, that, that's that's the thing. It's 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 you know, it's it, it's the it's the mindset. And and I know people will, you know, people kind of cringe at that and say, oh, man, is you know, that's a little ostentatious and so, but sometimes you have to be literally punched in the face with reality. Yeah. Uh, you can't talk to people. You know, I mean, you, you know, so uh, so when you say things like that, like like I tell people, man, you know, so, you know, because if you were to say that, you know, oh, oh, Bill, you know, oh, oh man, oh, he's a he's a racist. He's a white supremacist. OK, so what are you going to tell me? You, you know, my skin is a little darker shade than yours, but we have the same values and principles. So you know you can call you can call me a racist. You 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 can try to call uh, me a racist. You're just an American you know, dude. You're just a free man. You're a free is, man. Brother. You are a free American. That's all man. it is, my brother. I appreciate what you're doing, my friend, and keep doing it. Well, thank you for the call. Thank you very much for the call. Um, I, I use the blue state, red state thing because that's the vernacular everybody uses. I I I very much am down with the whole freedom versus. Uh, non-free states are uh, uh, and the victim versus the versus the non-victim states in a lot of cases right uh, government is supposed to take care of everybody in these states and they don't so I do appreciate the call and the observation but the problem is these leaders that think they're leaders they 
can't see that their tax system bleeds their states dry, or they don't care, or probably it's a combination of both. Right now, the Northeast used to be the financial industrial capital of the world. Now it's Miami, Nashville, Dallas, Austin, Charlotte, Tampa, Salt Lake City. The Southeast now produces more GDP than the Northeast, and it will continue. This is blue state dysphoria, and they can change their ways or die. And if you come here to live with us, that's fine, but be free like, you know, my man and I are. Be free. Don't come down here and posing a bunch of nonsense on us. We're going to get back to the whole uh, getting the whole doom and gloom thing real quick. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Dr. Deborah Mandel. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307, streaming live on the WORD Facebook X and Rumble page. Joining me now is Dr. Deborah Mandel. She is the author of her new book, Sassy and Rude, Her New Attitude, over at Amazon. Earlier this week, we were talking about, uh, you know, always being down, the, 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 feeling of, the feeling of dread, the feeling of doom. How are you doing today, Doc? I am quite well. How about yourself? I'm just trying to cope here and you just, you know, make this thing go along and all this other stuff. So, and I need your Whoa. help with that on this one. So help me, <laughs> hit me. I was going to say, do we have, do we have Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh out today? No, 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 <laughs> I, you know. no. I get you. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, how do we deal with these various people who just seem to be pessimistic and down in the dumps most of the time? It's almost like it's part of their personality, as if it's not really just a situational experience. And that's what makes it really challenging. And that's what we were covering off on last time is what do you do when somebody just doesn't even see that that's their, that that's the cloud over their, over their being all the time. It's a, it's a really big challenge. And, you know, one of the things that I say to people is attitudes are contagious is yours worth catching. And it's yes. really important that you pay attention to what you're putting out there in the world. And, if you have that kind of attitude, you know, understand where does that come from? You know, did you have some really bad experiences in your life, maybe as a child or maybe some PTSD, post-traumatic stress, where you had some very challenging situations where they were just so outrageously unpleasant that it has colored your view of the world? Or were you kind of just born that way? Because there's sort of a different way that you approach people depending on what that background is. Do you think a lot of the attitude that we see now today, especially coming off of the young people, because I looked at a report the other day, uh, it is so bad coming off of Gen Z that the the perspective employers of today are looking for older workers. Now, they're not looking for the college grads like they used to. They they would consider me. <laughs> <laughs> and over that, because I guess they think that I would show up and all this other stuff, but is that this 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 doom this doomy, this doomy, gloomy outlook, is that, is that a symptom of a deeper problem of affecting the country today? Well, I think 
so in many ways. And, and if you notice historically, many trends happen in pendulum swings, right? We have something that goes one way for a while, and then all of a sudden there's this dramatic shift the other way. I mean, 20 years ago, ageism was profound. I right. mean, if you were uh, hitting 45, you were considered an old fart. I mean, Over the really, hill. Over the hill. Pretty, pretty sad. Uh, so I think where there's now a new accumulation of understanding that wisdom age experience does have a great value in the workplace and in the world. Now, that's been true in many other cultures that that's been respected, but not necessarily here. So, yeah, I do think the young people, I hear a lot of young people talking about, you know, we're never going to be able to buy a house ever. So we might as well just spend everything now and never even think about saving and live in the moment. And really, truly, companies are not going to do very well with people with that attitude because that shows a lack of discipline. It shows a lack of future thinking in a positive way. So these are things that can really um, inhibit somebody's mindset. So I'd say for the young people out there who are in college, definitely acquire experiences and understand the value of being grounded and being settled in and, and having a positive attitude about the future because that which we manifest is often that which we bring to our lives. So, you know, in, in past generations, Dr. De- Dr. Deborah, we've, we've seen various factions of the generations coming up. You always got your rebels. You always got your, you, you always got your, uh, your, 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 uh, your nerds and all these various little clicks and everything is Z is Gen Z and Gen Alpha. Are they worse off than we had? And is this shading the way the country's going? You know, I know as we get older, we always want to look at the younger generation as, oh, no, what's happening now? In the same way that our parents looked upon us and said, oh, no, what's happening now? So <laughs> I like to take a kind of um, pull myself out of that mentality and kind of look at the global picture. OK, what's the value of all of these different trends and what's the downside? And being able to educate and talk to people about, you know, hey, great, great. You're bringing something new to the mix. Love it. It's awesome. But don't forget about this. It's important to pay attention to these components that have worked well or stood the test of time. So trying to create balance always. That's one of my main themes in my work is how do we find the balance? Let's not make this right and this wrong or this good or this bad, except for those extremes. Of course, there are things that are just not okay. But otherwise, kind of just be centered and say, okay, what what does that what does that quality bring to the mix? And try right. to appreciate that. Well, I don't know, I don't know. I I, I read something the other day where nine year old girls are going to Sephora to get chemical peels so their skin will look youthful. Oh, you know, I heard you talk about that at the end of our segment last time. You went into that, listened a little bit more, and you know, I was really glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about it. It's really, it is, it is appalling. Our our cultural norms and our push for young people to just become old overnight and and do what older people do is just, it's tragic that a nine year old or ten year old young lady would be worried about getting old. It's just phenomenally tragic. That's what I can say about that. So that that brings me full circle back to what my main emphasis in even being on your show is to emphasize how important family relationships are, how important it is that we create seeds early on that help our young ones know that we want to foster the, the internal development of their the beauty inside of them, the, the gifts of compassion and empathy and understanding and wisdom and knowledge and quest for more understanding of life. And I, those are things that are really big. And that's one of the things that I talk about in my book, Sassy and Rude, 
for New Attitude, which is primarily aimed at mothers and daughters, but it's about how do you heal those wounds that we have? How do we create new seeds for a healing tree? And that's so critically important in my message all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure this is going to continue to be a developing thing. I, I think they call the I think they call Generation Alpha the iPad generation is what I heard. And I'm like, why are they the iPad oh, yeah. generation? Anyway, I, whatever it is, uh, we seem to. Uh, I don't I don't really know where this comes from, and I don't, I don't I don't have enough time for you to try to tell me where it comes from. We'll have to do that next week. All right. So Let's do it. So uh, from that from that viewpoint, now the book once again the book is called uh, where's where is it? Sassy and Rude, her new attitude over at Amazon. She also has written Dump That Chump, and your boss is not your mother. Woo hoo! It's not. I guess your mother. I guess unless you live at home, right, Doc? If you live at home, it might still be your mom. Yeah, or your boss might be your mother, and I have a chapter in there about that too. The Doctor Deborah's message is: It's never too late to overcome adversity, and to learn how to thrive. And we could take that overlay and uh, apply it to the country, I think. So we'll talk to you next week, Doc. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah. Once again, the new book, Sassy and Rude, Her New Attitude, over at Amazon. Thank you, ma'am. Sounds good. Happy Friday. Thank you, ma'am. When we get back, I've got a, I've got a news flash for you. You don't own what you think you own. Right here on News Talk 98.9 WORD. I know, I know. Sending you away on the weekend with this disturbing news. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um, if you call your stockbroker and buy 100 shares of Apple, you think you bought 100 shares of Apple, but you didn't. You don't get a paper certificate. You get, a, uh, you get an entry on the broker's computer. Under laws in all 50 states, what you actually own is a securities entitlement. And that is a new form of property ownership that is more like a contract between you and your broker. Progress, right? But if the financial system totally collapses, like in 2008, but much bigger, nearly every stock and bond that is in an electronic form can be legally taken as collateral by the largest too-big-to-fail financial institutions out there. And it would crush many millions of inv individual investors. But it's all for a good cause because we got to save the banks, right? You, can, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few million eggs. And that will happen without your knowledge and without any action or fault on your part, even if you are entirely debt-free. If that sounds wrong, that's because it is. It is legalized fraud. So how do we get here? Um, well, most of us have a pretty good understanding of private property. If you buy something outright, you own it, you control it. Private property rights are a significant issue in the formation of the United States, and they played a vital role in the success of the American experiment. 
but some people thought that this needed to evolve. So we get the Uniform Law Commission. This was formed for the purpose of developing state-level laws that would change the patchwork quilt of state laws into a more uniform set of statutes. And the most prominent uniform law is the Uniform Commercial Code. This revised Article 8 in 1980, 1994, and the law was passed by all 50 states over the next several years. And sitting inside this is uh, several provisions that puts the rights of an individual investor at risk. And the first significant change is the concept of securities entitlement. That's a new form of property right that has a few wrinkles. Now, when you buy 100 shares of stock, your broker punches in a few keys and the 100 shares show up in your account. But other parties, without your knowledge or permission, have securities entitlements to the shares you just bought as well. You're sharing the shares. Priority among security interests and entitlement holders deserves a look. So they have two accounts with a custodian, a securities intermediary. One account holds the brokerage company's own securities entitlements. The other one holds all of their customer security entitlements, including the entitlement to your 100 shares. When they borrow money from their bank, the assets of the borrower as, are pledged as collateral for the loan which you know this is this is that's not a new thing but if they become insolvent a secured lender has priority over all the accounts of the brokerage firm including your 100 shares of stock that you quote owned now Lehman brothers filed for bankruptcy when the 2008 housing bubble burst one of the primary lenders to Lehman brothers was JP Morgan a subsidiary of JP Morgan was Lehman's custodian both of the assets and the assets of Lehman's customers. So as custodian, J.P. Morgan had control of Lehman's assets, and as a lender, they had a security interest in Lehman's assets. <laughs> so J.P. Morgan took all of Lehman's accounts as collateral for the loans that Lehman could no longer pay. So anybody that owned anything with Lehman at that time lost it. Now, why would the Article 8 Drafting Committee do this? The individual investors have no role in the lending practice of their broker. But you need to know the objective of that revision. And that was the systemic risk in the financial market. They didn't do anything to reduce the likelihood of the risk. In fact, they made it worse by removing risk and consequence for all of this shady activity. Instead, what the changes actually do is protect the too-big-to-fail bank if a systemic financial collapse occurs. Now, as states step up to protect their citizens, right, in the event that something really goes bad, um, because the concept of property rights has been turned upside down, and the UCC is also a state law, and state legislators can take steps to restore the rights of the investors. When this, if this were to begin, which it should begin, the uh, the too big to uh, fail financial institutions would likely claim that any changes to Article Eight will bring down the financial system. That will be the end of the world as we know it. So now, we start this balancing act because we'll once again we'll be we'll we'll have the fear mongering begin when we try to right the ship. And. To me, any system that requires people sacrifice their property to support some financial institution that they supposedly bought the property from, 
I don't care if it's the Starship Enterprise. Let the ship sink. Let it sink. It's not worth saving. This is not a system worth saving. So, all things considered, I'll be back on Monday. And I hope you have a very good weekend. You are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.